This is Pastor Jamie Gizzy, and welcome to the CVMI Open Door Podcast. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. It is November the 13th, 2020. This is Pastor Jamie Gizzy, and I want to take a moment and welcome everybody to the CVMI Open Door Podcast. We, as usual, want to express our gratitude to everyone who's listening today. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, we appreciate uh, you taking a moment and checking us out. For those of you who are back for... Um, Another round, we thank you guys for your support. We thank you for everything that uh, you have done to help get this um, this podcast out um, and let everybody know what we're doing and, and what we're trying to do. Um, real quickly, just to give you the rundown of our contact information, the podcast itself, as of today, is available on the following platforms, Anchor, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, and Overcast. We are still waiting on approval from Apple, and there's one other one that um, we've not heard anything back from yet, but those, both of those are pending. So whatever your favorite um, platform is for podcasts, uh, please take a moment, find this podcast, subscribe to it, and share these as we produce them. Uh, it's been a little bit of time since I've been able to be with you guys. My goal has been Tuesdays and Fridays to record, um, or Tuesdays and Thursdays, rather, just the last couple weeks in preparation for the holiday season and in preparation for some things we've got going on as a family. We have not been able to uh, keep up with the uh, the the schedule, so we're going to hopefully after the Thanksgiving holiday we can get back to some kind of normalcy. Also, you can reach us on the uh, CVMI Open Door Podcast Facebook page. You can send us messages there. Follow us for any updates concerning new content and new episodes. You can email us at cvmiwv at gmail.com. Once again, that is cvmiwv at gmail.com. So again, folks, we want to thank you all for tuning in. We have just come through um, yet another chapter of a crazy season here in our nation, the United States of America. We are continuing, unfortunately, to be in a crazy season. We don't know when things are going to loosen up or when things are going to get back to some type of normalcy. We're just trusting the Lord Jesus Christ that he has everything under control, that everything is in the palm of his hands, which we know that it is. Um, but we're, we're putting all of our, our faith and trust in him today. So with that said, we uh, want to get into something today that has been on my heart for uh, several weeks now. And this goes back, um, this is something that the Lord had actually given me, I believe it was in 2012, 2013, Back then, the Lord had given me um, a series of messages on His warning to the church in the last days, and I've carried these notes around with me, the original copies of the notes. I've carried them around with me pretty much everywhere I go, they go. So uh, these notes have, um, they're very well traveled. They have a lot of miles underneath of them, but I've been, the last couple of weeks, really been thinking about them and really been uh, praying about them and have really felt led to get into 
uh, pulling those out and, you know, going through doing some of the word studies and seeing where we are now compared to when God first gave that message to me all those years ago. So today we're going to begin the first part of this series, the warning to the church, 2020-2021. you know, we're, we're, again, we're in a very unstable season here in this country. Um, we still don't know the results of our national elections. We don't know all the results of statewide elections. We're still dealing with the COVID um, situation. As a matter of fact, here in West Virginia, our governor just within the last couple hours has issued another mandate um, that we are still trying to navigate through. Uh, we don't have all the information, but it, it's just a very confusing time and a very, um, very uncertain time. And with that said, um, God is really, not only is he giving warnings to the world, um, you know, we could go throughout scripture, we could compare the things that we're seeing in the natural world, we could compare them to what Scripture says, and we can see how things are lining up. But even within the the family of God, even within the body of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, there there are several warnings that He gives us. Um, you know, we've seen over the last couple of years, especially over the last couple of months, um, there's been this rise in prophecy, and I don't necessarily mean end times Bible prophecy. I just mean the prophetic word. And what I have noticed is a lot of people who are putting their take on what the prophetic word is, a lot of folks are missing it. And anybody, <coughs> excuse me, anybody who um, gives a word, if they miss it, obviously it didn't come from God. And the best thing that they could do is go back and repent for missing it like they did. Um, I'm not going to get into the specifics of what exactly I'm talking about. There's still some things that are unknown. There's still um, still some, and maybe some of these prophecies could be fulfilled years down the road. I don't know. But all I'm saying is there are some things that people have said that um, they ge- generally don't line up with Scripture. And if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's not going to come from God. So, uh, you know, one of the things that God warns prophets in the Old Testament was for them not to prophesy out of their own bellies, to make sure that anything they said and and anything they did came directly through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to get into a little bit, um, probably this session and maybe the next episode. I'm not sure. I'm looking through the original notes right now as I speak to you. Um, I want to deal with pastoral ministry, if I can. I want to uh, just take a few moments and, and share some things. Uh, being a pastor, being a teacher, this is, um, this is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And you know, as the folks here that are connected with this ministry, um, as they are well aware, I take my role as pastor very serious. And I don't want... I don't want to do anything that's going to cause anybody any harm. Um, you know, the sometimes the 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 best decisions that have to be made have the tendency to be the most difficult decisions. <clears throat> so, with that, I want to get into what the Bible uh, just kind of get a, give you a little bit of an overview concerning what Scripture says about pastors. How, what did Jesus say? What, what does, well, how does God deal with the office of pastor? 
uh, or the office of shepherd throughout the, um, the scope of, of Scripture. I want to start today, <coughs> excuse me, I've, had, I've got a tickle in my throat um, that doesn't seem like it wants to shake. I want to start in the book of John, John chapter number 10. If you have a Bible or you have a device and you want to go there with me, John chapter 10, Jesus gives um, <coughs> the parable of the good shepherd. And I want to look at verses 10 through 15. Jesus is speaking, and he says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, beholds the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and not and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, Jesus here gives the guidelines and the characteristics for the good shepherd, and we know he is the good shepherd here. And we'll get into that in just a moment, but I want to look at who he labels here as, and he, he labels this same group, or even in most cases, the individual, he labels them as a thief and as a hireling. Now, he says here that a thief uh, comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, just to break these words down, the word steal that's used here is the Greek word klepto. It's the root for the word thief that's used in this passage is the Greek word kleptes. So we see klepto being the root here, and it's where we get our um, our word in English, kleptomaniac, somebody who has a, uh, a problem with stealing that has, is addicted to stealing. This word here, klepto, for steal, is used in the absolute sense. It means to steal everything. So he says that the thief here in verse number 10 comes to steal everything. He goes on and he says that the... Um, the, the thief also comes to kill. The word kill here means what it means, to kill, to sacrifice. And it also means to kill and offer in sacrifice. Now, this is really interesting. When I was sitting here in my office yesterday and I was putting these notes together and, and you know going back and taking the original notes and kind of giving some updates here, this last definition that I just shared with you, to kill and offer in sacrifice, you know, again, who's he talking about here? He's talking about shepherds. Now, we, we'll see here in a little bit, and, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I, I need to do this to make the point. Um, we see that he is giving the example using himself for what shepherds, what pastors should be, because we're going to get into something here in the book of Jeremiah in a little bit, and you see the word shepherd, you see the word pastor, and it's the same Hebrew word. So we're talking about that group, and he's saying that those who are genuinely pastors, those who are genuinely shepherds, should model themselves after the example of Jesus Christ, him being the good shepherd. Now, in light of some things that we've seen pop up in the last 10, 15 years, and a lot here lately, this really uh, struck a chord with me when I, I read this definition, to kill and offer in sacrifice. And it, it really triggered my mind. The Holy Spirit led me to what the world deems abortion. I'll call it for what it is. It's the murdering of a baby inside of the mother's womb. It, it is absolutely 100% murder of a human being. 
And you see, and I'm going to use this very loosely, Christian preachers today, and I say again, loosely Christian, quote-unquote Christian preachers, they're accepting this. They are, they are saying that abortion, you know, I hate to even use that word, they, they say that baby murder is acceptable. Um, you know, you hear the crowd today, and I'm going to get into something that's really controversial. You hear the, 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 the crowd today that support this. Um, this it's a black eye against um, the United States of America, and it's really a black eye against the church in America that has allowed this to happen and uh, tolerates this. They say, well, you know, keep your hands off, off my body. It's my body, my choice. Well, my question is, do you have two heads? Do you have four arms? Do you have four legs? Do you have 20 fingers or 20 toes? Because the the way God designed the human body, it has one head, two arms, two legs, 10 fingers, and 10 toes. Um, that is not, sorry to tell you, but that is not your body that you're murdering. And we see this acceptance within loose liberal Christianity. This has become acceptable. And, you know, we, we see this that people just don't, they don't seem to have... Talking about the thief here in John chapter 10 doesn't seem to have a care or concern about what people are losing as they steal and not worried about what people are losing as they kill. And, and, you know, folks, I'm going to be honest. If you have the audacity to stand behind a pulpit in a church and say that there's nothing wrong with this, you're you're stealing from people. You're, You're killing them. Um, to destroy. He says that the thief comes to destroy, to utterly destroy. And that's, this is, he's speaking, really speaking about who the adversary is. And you see people doing this work today and standing behind America's pulpits um, on a weekly basis. And he says they come to destroy means to utterly destroy, to ruin something. And it can be defined as physical death. But folks, I really believe that you can steal from someone, you can kill them, and you can destroy them spiritually. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in America's pulpits today that are doing this. And Jesus is giving us a warning here. He also, listen to this, one of the, um, I've got a couple different uh, dictionaries that I, I always go back to when I'm doing word studies. And Thayer's Dictionary defined a thief as an embezzler, a pilferer. The, now listen to this. The name, according to Thayer, the name is transferred to false teachers who do not care to instruct men, or well, just mankind, men and women. They they do not care to instruct them, but they abuse their confidence for their own gain. The complete word study dictionary says metaphorically used of false teachers or deceivers who steal men away from the truth, who steal brothers and sisters in the faith away from the truth. Um, you know, I, I know uh, firsthand accounts of uh, here in this local area of different ones that would stand up weekly and they would single one person out and say, well, you're going to pay my gas bill this week. You're going to buy my groceries this week. Tell another you're going to pay my electric bill. Tell another you're going to pay for my dry cleaning. Um, they would abuse people and basically say, well, if you don't do it, you're not, you're not being faithful to God by not honoring the man or woman of God. And using this as a form of manipulation, and and what ends up happening is people they they end up they end up losing every sense of self value. They end up losing who they are in Christ, and they end up running away. And and this is the here's the crazy thing about this. Jesus goes on to talk about these folks, and he says that this hireling, this thief, he says when they see the the, the danger, the wolf coming. 
He says, they leave the sheep and flee, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. This, um, here where he says, they leave and they flee, the word leave here simply means they quit and they abandon the flock when danger comes. When they see danger approaching, they, they abandon the flock and they quit on them. The word flee means they run away and they vanish. So they're, they're leaving the flock, they're abandoning the flock, then they run away and they vanish, never to be heard from again. The wolf here, this is something that's interesting. He said when they see the wolf coming, literally it, it means a wolf, the animal, the four-legged animal. But metaphorically, this word wolf here in John chapter 10 means someone, uh, someone who is cruel, a person, talk about a human being, cruel, greedy, destructive, and violent individuals. And you see a lot of pastors, when that kind of danger comes, they will just up and leave and abandon and flee the flock. Now, he says that these are not only thieves, but they're also hirelings. A hireling is somebody who is a hired wage worker that does not show a real interest in his or her duty and is completely unfaithful. Now, getting into what a good shepherd is, the characteristics of a good shepherd, Jesus using himself as the example, he says the good shepherd will give his life for his sheep. He says that he knows his own, who in turn then knows the shepherd. They know his voice, he knows them. And that's what a good shepherd is, and that's who Jesus is. And he's saying that this is the example that you need to follow. If you want to accept the title of pastor, if you want to accept the office of pastor, it can't just be for the limelight and for the glory. And folks, I've been doing this now for several years, and I have found out that there is not a, but a whole lot of limelight. When you are truly serving God in the office of pastor, you do not seek the limelight. You do not seek the notoriety. You're not worried about your name being in lights. Unfortunately, there are some who do. Now, again, he says a good shepherd will give his life for the sheep. He knows his sheep, and they in turn know who he is. Now, I want to go real quickly here to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 23. I'll go all the way back in the Old Testament. Um, time is getting away from me already. Um, I try to do these in 30-minute segments, but it looks like we may end up having to go just a little bit longer to get the full scope of this um, introduction to this series uh, to get it finished. It looks like we may have to go a few minutes longer today. Now, the prophecy of Jeremiah chapter 23 deals with the coming Messiah of Israel, who we know to be Jesus Christ, uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. Now, in chapter 23, verses 1 through 4, God pronounces a lamentation, and he even refers to them as pastors. Um, and now, some translations will say shepherds, some translations will say pastors. And again, this is the same Hebrew word, so it's, it's interchangeable. Whether you're using an English translation that says shepherd or one that says pastors, it's the same Hebrew word. So I don't want to um, get lost in the uh, translation here. <clears throat> but he pronounces in verses 1 through 4, and I'm going to read this to you in just a moment, but God pronounces a lamentation against these pastors or shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of his pasture. He says, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the shepherds who are tending my people, You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not attended to them. Behold, I am about to attend to you for the evil of your deeds, declares the Lord. Then I myself shall gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and shall bring them back to their pasture, and they will be fruitful and multiply. I shall also raise up shepherds over them, and they will tend them, and they will not be afraid any longer, nor be terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. So 
he's saying that he's indicating here that there are some who serve their own selves rather than the flock. Now, um, he says that these folks, uh, they scatter the flock, they scatter his flock. He says that they have driven them away, and he's referring to false pastors here, false shepherds. He said they've scattered the flock, they've scattered his flock, they've driven them away, and they have not looked after or attended to them. And he even says here, he says that I'm about, in verse number two at the end, he says, I'm about to attend to you for the evil of your deeds. So he's warning them that he will deal with them for the evil of what they have done. Now, we know that Jesus is not here on this planet today in the flesh. We know that he's not going to come back to the earth until the end of the tribulation period when he sets his feet on the Mount of Olives, according to the book of Zechariah, and he sets up his thousand-year messianic kingdom with uh, when he sits on the throne of David in Jerusalem, with Jerusalem being the, his, the capital of his kingdom. But in the meantime, God will appoint and set up sub-shepherds, who we call pastors today, to gather his remnant together in preparation for his kingdom. Now, he, he tells this group, um, the, 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 let me go back here real quickly. The word shepherd or the word uh, pastors, there's a pictograph, a Hebrew pictograph that's associated with this word, and it simply means a man watches. Now, he's telling, he's saying, you are supposed to be watching over my flock. You were supposed to be watching over my sheep, and you have failed in your responsibilities. You have scattered them. You have driven them away. You have not looked after or attended to them. And he says, because, because of that, in verse number four, he says, because of your failures, because of your attitudes, because of the fact you didn't take your responsibility or your call seriously, he says, I will raise up shepherds or pastors over them who will, who will tend to them and they will not be afraid. My flock will no longer be afraid nor be terrified, nor will any be missing. So, he says that these sub-shepherds, these ones that are genuinely called by God, these ones who are faithful to the, the Great Commission, who are faithful to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he says, they will tend to my sheep, they will keep them from being afraid, they will no longer be terrified or shattered or scattered, and they will, he, they will ensure that they will not be lacking and none will be missing. Now, I want to jump back into Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse number 15 uh, the word of the Lord says this, Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. So now he says, not only am I going to appoint these, he gives us the identifying characteristics of who these pastors, who these shepherds are going to be. They are after God's own heart, and they will feed the flock on knowledge and understanding. Now, if you go back and read verses 11 through 14, God is inviting repentance among his people. We know according to the New Testament that God is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And he invites repentance among his people. And praise God for that, that he's the God of second chances. And in verse number 15, he's saying when the, when the repentance of verses 11 through 14 occur... He says, when that occurs, I will give to you shepherds and pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, I want to just here real quickly, I want to dissect these two words and then we'll wrap this up for today. The word understanding simply means to have insight. So what he's saying is, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to provide you a shepherd or I'm going to provide you a pastor who will provide you with insight. 
that will, will increase your insight. Insight into what? The Word of God, the things of God, the things of the Holy Spirit. The word knowledge here is very interesting. It, the ancient Hebrew teaches the pictograph of this word as being, quote, the door of the eye, meaning the window, the eye being the window of man's being. In um, one of the, the ancient Hebrew texts that I have talking about this pictograph, it says, experience is gained through visual observation. Let me say that again. Experience is gained through visual observation. Knowledge is achieved through these experiences. So you gain knowledge through the experience. You gain knowledge, um, you know, through uh, through the, the the teaching, through the interaction. Again, to when you understand the things of God, and you understand the the flow and the 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 move of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is where knowledge and understanding comes from. And you've got to, if you're going to learn this, you've got to have somebody who is adequately trained through the Holy Spirit to teach you these things. Now, I want to uh, conclude with this thought. And I know I kind of hit the gas pedal on this last little bit on the sub-shepherds, and we'll get into more as we go forward. Uh, we'll probably come back uh, maybe the next episode and revisit a little bit of this. But I just wanted to give you a, about a 30-minute introduction into this series that we're going to be working on. <coughs> In conclusion, a pastor, a genuine pastor, a genuine shepherd, is called of God to care for his flock and to teach them. They're not the 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 sheep in our congregation are not my flock. They don't belong to me. They belong to the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. I'm just a sub-shepherd who works for him and under him and in obedience to him. But a pastor is one who is called of God, a, a man or a woman who is after God's own heart, who will care for God's flock and will teach them. And I want to say this, and this is I'm, I've already stepped on some uh, interesting ground and probably have smashed some toes along the way thus far. And I want to finish by saying this. A true pastor will never attempt to be a dictator and never has to prove themselves to be the smartest person in the room or the smartest person in the world. And they for sure will never try. A true pastor will never try to profiteer off of the people. They will never make demands of the people. They will do exactly what God says. They will teach them. They will fill them, feed them with knowledge and understanding into the things of God and the Word of God. They will not make demands. They will not expect payment. They will not go around. I've seen this so many times, folks, and it's one of those things that drives me crazy. They want people to know how smart they are, but they never want to explain what they have learned to help further the, the, the Christian education or the Bible teaching or the Bible learning of another person. They just want to keep it all for themselves. Again, a true pastor will never attempt to be a dictator will never attempt to prove themselves the smartest person in the room, and will never try to profiteer off of the people. If you, folks, if listeners, if you are sitting under a quote-unquote pastor 
who is guilty of any of these, being a dictator, trying to prove themselves to be smarter than everybody else, and trying to profiteer off of the people. If you are sitting under that type of ministry, that is not a ministry that's called of God. That is not a true pastor. And you need to get connected with a church, with a ministry that has a pastor who will teach you, who will feed you, and who will fill you with knowledge and understanding into the things of God. Folks, I want to thank you for joining us today on the CVMI Open Door Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie Gizzy once again uh, serving you and doing my part to share the Word of God with you. Again, we encourage you to um, find this podcast on any of the available platforms. Um, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, give us some ratings when when you can. Give us some ratings on these uh, platforms so uh, you know people know that you're enjoying it and that you appreciate what we're trying to do uh, to fulfill our part of the Great Commission. Um, we are so blessed to be a part of your lives through this um, through this avenue. Again, you can reach us if you have any questions or any comments. If uh, you just want to send us a, a message and to let us know that you appreciate this podcast, this ministry, you can do so by emailing us at cvmiwv at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook at CVMI Open Door Podcast. You can send us a message that way. But um, again, folks, thank you for tuning in. I am hoping that sometime before the end of this weekend that I will be able to do the second part of this. I've got to get the notes organized and um, get into some of the studies this weekend, so it's kind of hit and miss at this point. But I will do my best to be back in contact with you through this platform as soon as possible. Again, Pastor Jamie Gizzy, thanking you for tuning in today to the CVMI Open Door podcast. We will see you soon. God bless.